With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. Here are your hosts, Jonathan Von Tobel and Kelly Bidlin. What's up? Welcome in. We got another episode, Hardwood Handicappers, and this is the start of a new era. Uh, first off, I'm not recording in my house. That's one thing. Uh, the other is Kelly Bidlin, affectionately known as Midland Bidlin, is going to be with us on the second episode of the week. Throughout the entire NBA season. What's up, buddy? Let's go, man. Thanks for having me. Big step up for you. Out of the apartment, bigger step up, or having me? Uh, I'll say out of the apartment, <laughs> mainly because I don't hear faintly in the background one of my two children screaming for some, you know. Understandable. Reason, you know? Yeah, understandable. It's a little distracting at some point. Yeah. All right, so we have a lot to get to. Uh, today, awards are going to be the focus. We've gone over some Eastern and Western Conference previews already. We're going to get your thoughts on some big picture stuff in both conferences because we haven't talked to you yet. And, um, Really preview some of these awards, which are pretty interesting before the season. They really begins, are, this year. right? Yeah. There's a lot of fascinating races that we can get into that potentially we'll get off to some starts. Although some guys maybe that are at the top of the odds board won't get off to any starts. But wanted to go over some headlines really quickly as we enter uh, the regular season because this is our last Friday without NBA action or at least real NBA action. We get to see Russell Westbrook. By the way, I'm going to add this headline really quickly because I don't know if you saw this. Yeah. Russell Westbrook coming off the bench. Coming tonight. off the bench. What do you think? I, that's what they have to do. Uh, without question, without question. Look, I I was reading some article, I think it was yesterday, about, you know, how how that's what they should do, and you're getting a a much better perimeter defender and shooter with Patrick Beverly in your starting lineup, which is true, but the article I was reading, I won't mention it, it was like making it seem like Patrick Beverly is like the greatest three-point shooter of all time, you know, it was like, okay, well, it's a step up from, from Westbrook for sure, and like, look, JVC, we kicked this about around a little bit last year. Like, we all, I think we all, at least at different times, felt that that is what they needed to do. Like, I don't think, I don't think Westbrook's completely dead in his career. But look, he needs to be that guy who's basically on the court 
surrounded by a bunch of shooters and maybe one big, and he needs to be playing kind of by himself with the second unit. Right, well, and, and super athletic, right? Like, that's kind of the thing. When you looked at the way that the Lakers, by the way, the, the Patrick Beverly numbers, he's solid. 37.8%. I was surprised when I looked this up for the guy. 37.8% career three-point shooter, which is a lot better than I expected. 38.5% yeah. on catch-and-shoot threes last year. Okay. So, you know, he is a, he's a solid three-point shooting threat. Is he Steph Curry? No. But does he fit exponentially better alongside LeBron James than Russell Westbrook? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And with Westbrook coming off the bench, here's the thing. When you look at the additions that this team made, the Lakers, when you talk about Lonnie Walker, Troy Brown Jr., Thomas Bryant, Damian Jones, Juan Toscano-Anderson, Schroeder, although Schroeder's hurt and might miss the start of the year. But, you know, for me, the theme when you look at those guys, a little bit younger and a little bit more athletic. And if you can get a really, like, long and fast kind of group around Russell Westbrook – I mean, that's going to be a nightmare transition. You put a couple of shooters out there, as you mentioned, with his ability to get with the rim. He's a pretty good passer still. Like, you can make those lineups work if you, like, essentially, just give him his own, like, mob unit. Right, right? exactly. Like, yes. run out your starting lineup yes. and then let Russell Westbrook and the backups go out there. And you could throw two different looks at teams. Like, I just think it is so obvious that this is what they have to do. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, you could go, yeah, you create a unit, go a little bit more up-tempo than yep. what you're going to see out of that starting line. I, 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 I agree with you. I'm really interested – I am really interested to see what you get out of Kendrick Nunn this season, too. I mean, it's a guy we really feel like we haven't seen fully since that rookie year when, hey, reminder, folks, the guy actually finished above Zion Williamson in the rookie of the year voting that year, which I don't, think, any, I don't think anybody will remember. Yeah. Oh, the old Miami Heat, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm interested to see with him. I don't, I don't know. Just overall thoughts on the Lakers real quick, uh, though, JVT. It, this, this team... It still, it still just depends on how much, how much you can get out of Anthony Davis and how good he can be. Because look, if he's, if he's, you know, twenty eight points a game with, a, you know, eleven, twelve rebounds and doesn't miss a, miss a whole lot of time due to injury, yeah, absolutely, this Lakers team uh, could be a solid team in the West. But, you know, if we get the Anthony Davis that we're used to getting at this point, like, no, they're not going to really be anybody to talk about again. No, well, and here's the other, the other aspect of this, uh, and this will be the last note of the Lakers, but this is the important part when it ties into Anthony Davis. Um, he was asked the other day, because Darvin Ham, this conversation came up with some media availability, about what other than Anthony Davis playing center, which has kind of been a big deal here. If you look at some of the numbers with Anthony Davis at center for the Los Angeles Lakers, they have been absolutely fantastic when yeah. he plays the five. He was asked about it, Anthony Davis, because Darvin Ham said something along the lines of like, oh, yeah, you know, we're going we're gonna to try to fit that in here. Uh, Anthony Davis referred to himself in the third person and said, uh, <laughs> Anthony Davis, you know, uh, doesn't really want to play center that much. But what is well, this deal I'll with do. that? Well, I, so I think I was listening to uh, Brian Windhorst podcast with Tim Bontemps and uh, Tim McMahon. Yeah. And I thought, I think it was McMahon that brought up a good point which is part of the reason why he doesn't want to do it is his own uh, health. Right? I mean, like if, just if you're health him being fives, scared? Yeah, yeah, if you're defending fives. So he's being scared. He's, he's scared of getting crushed by Rudy Gobert. I don't basically. want to say scared. <laughs> I was actually going to use the word like fragility, but I didn't want to do that either. Uh, look, the point is that he wants to take, take care of his health, and you raise, by whatever percentage, you raise the percentage of you getting hurt by banging with big sure, throughout sure. the entirety of a season. You absolutely do raise that percentage, yeah. but it, but I'm sorry, that absolutely gives the Lakers the best chance of winning on a night-to-night -night basis. Uh, the most used lineup last year, to give you an idea, with Anthony Davis at center, uh, it was Russell Westbrook, Malik Monk, uh, Avery Bradley, Carmelo Anthony, Anthony Davis. It wasn't that many possessions, but still, plus 15.3. For okay. 100 possessions. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty damn good. So, so, I, I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, very good. And I, that's I with mean, an arguably worse roster than they have this year. So I, I, we'll see what happens. I think they're going to miss Malik Monk. 
it was one of the most reliable scorers on that team. Oh, that's why where your boy Kendrick Nunn comes in, right? <laughs> yeah, got literally yeah. nothing out of none, and if he's going to do something for him, he's uh, got to be big. Be ma- yeah. yep, he's going to be massive. All right, we move on from there. Some more headlines. We call them hardwood headlines, like Ooh. hardwood headlines. Uh, Io Dusunmu, officially named starting point guard in Lonzo Ball's absence. This is one of the position tracks uh, that we had looking, uh, going into the preseason. For the guide, I actually slotted in Kobe White as the starting point guard, so I got that wrong. Uh, but it was because... If you look at the on-court, off-court numbers and uh, the per 100 possessions, and I threw some of these there so you could see them. I mean, DeSumo, a point guard last year, they were outscored by 6.9 points per 100 possessions. Obviously, a point guard, you're at the point of attack of a lot of pick and rolls. It, it, the defense gave up 122 points per 100 possessions. I, I like DeSumo overall, but him as the lead guard is going to be pretty fascinating when he didn't show that much defensively last year yep. and didn't show that much as a facilitator last year either. I am. Uh, uh, I was. You, you, when you sent out the rundown for this podcast, this, that's the first time I had seen that note, and I, I was shocked by it uh, actually because I, I read I, I read guide basically cover to cover over the past two nights. Uh, great job as always, by the way. Head Thanks, over man. to Visa.com, subscribe, get the NBA guide today. Only for subscribers, as John uh, as John Goulet would like us to know. That's right, that's right. That's why I said hit subscribe first, yeah. then, you, then you get it. Um, I thought you were dead on in the guide that it would be Kobe White. That seemed to make a lot of sense to me. And then I, I guess the bigger question is, is what is this guard rotation to start? Right. And then, and then when Ball, you know, eventually comes back, whatever, you can worry about that then, but... Like, how are they planning on using uh, Caruso and Dragic? You know what I mean? Is Dragic maybe not in as good a basketball shape as, you know, some of us might be thinking just because of how much time he missed last year? It, you know, or took off, right? Voluntarily took off. Um I, I that it just kind of confuses me because it feels like maybe maybe Caruso's gonna slide in more at the two guard spot. Maybe that's where we're gonna see him more. I don't really know. I, I, I this is one. Yeah, I've got more questions and answers after seeing that news bit today. Yeah, and well, I think so. The thing with Dragic too is, like, health is kind of a thing. His knee. I don't know if you like you noticed like the last like season. He's been wearing like this massive knee brace. It's part of like the health thing with him, and that's been kind of the comments here. If you hear out of Chicago, like he came in to help them out and be a big part of what they're doing. But that's like down the road. If you make him your starting point guard, this is a dude that's already got a lot of miles on him. I don't think he can like, oh, fill the minutes. You know I wouldn't I mean? even think about him as a starter, but more, like, what has Dragic been the past four years of his career? He's right. that spark plug off the bench, yeah. right? And it's like, I don't even know it, from from the way you, you're seeing them line up these guards, it doesn't even feel like you're getting, they're planning on using him in that way. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm with but you. But you're right, maybe, maybe it's a health thing, just the, holding him back at this the point. The guard rotation is going to be pretty incredible to watch for Chicago, how that's going to work out. I think there's actually an argument to be made that either Kobe White or Alex Caruso is like would be the even Alex Caruso might be the better option as right. a starting point guard, just what he brings defensively and absolutely he's a decent passer. It doesn't offer much offensively, but still uh, they need defense. And that's kind of my question for you. I, I've made my feelings pretty clear here on Chicago as we enter the year. I think they are down. They're due for a tumble down the standings. They got everything they could out of uh, DeMar DeRozan last year. It was a career year for him across the board of multiple metrics. It's a team that is going to be terrible defensively. Nikola Vucevic is in no way a rim protector. and yep. He hasn't been performing very well, especially without Lonzo Ball out there. They have one decent on-ball defender, and it's Caruso. This team, I think, is in for like a rough awakening. Yeah, they are. I'm just seeing where they got them slotted in the Eastern Conference uh, odds over at DraftKings. So, I mean, you're behind the you're behind the Hawks, the Raptors. They're both at twenty to one. Bulls at thirty to one. Um, 
I mean, look, I think I think they're. I mean, I'm not going to say the numbers right, but I think they're slotted in the right spot, at least odds wise, in the Eastern Conference, and that is, you know, kind of on the outside looking in, right? And that's where I think they're going to be. Uh, when you look at some of those all win totals, I know we're going to talk about those a little bit earlier, but that was one that I had circled uh, was just going under their under their all uh, their all total the total of 37 and a half wins. I'm with you. I've got serious questions about. Um, I mean, look, I think that guard situation that we just talked about is is an issue, and it's going to rear its head early. Patrick Williams, what is he? We don't even really fully know yet. We've seen we've seen some glimpses, and we've seen him hurt a lot. Uh, look, you got, I think bringing Drummond in actually is a big move for them because it, look, you, you've got Vucevic there anyways. You're going you're going hardcore center, right? So you need a if you're going to go you're going to go with a true center there in your starting five, I'm okay with having a quality center than to back him up, right? So I, I'm okay with that, but like you said, you're not going to get the same you're not going to get the same results out of DeMar DeRozan that you got a year ago. There's no way. We see the difference in numbers. You did a great job laying this out in the guide. See the difference in numbers with this team from the fir- that first part of the season where they were really hot and then after the All-Star break where they really tumbled back down to reality. And that's where I think you're going to get with this team. And look, we got you stack them up in the Eastern Conference. We've got no matter how you and I want to rank those four teams at the top, there are four teams at the top, and yep. it is a massive gap between them and everybody else. I'm talking Celtics, Nets, Bucks, 76ers. And then there's that next tier down. And to me, that next tier down is probably the Cavs, Hawks, Heat, Raptors, and then I think you're another tier down, and the Bulls are that top team at that next tier. Yeah, the Raptors are a weird team, man. A lot of people are very are. high on them. They are. I think it is ignored how bad they are in half court offense situations. No, uh, I'm, I'm with you. They're a team. I'm not. I'm not high on. That's where I'm. I am. I am high. I'm high on the Cavs this year and very high on the Hawks because I think there are that. Besides those top four teams, I think it's. I think you could easily talk about oh, teams yeah. like that grabbing the five six spot. Uh, you mentioned by the way those numbers that you were referencing uh, after the All Star break last year. The Bulls' defensive rating one seventeen point nine. It was it was atrocious. Yeah. yeah, it was really bad. And you're going to look more like that team as you move forward, uh, as opposed to the team that you were at the beginning of the year. So you talk about tiers. So I think a team that is uh, I don't even know if they're in that tier with Chicago. I think there might be a tier lower is Charlotte. I I think Charlotte's due for a pretty bad season. I didn't love the Steve Clifford hire. Yeah. Like I even wrote about it in the guide where I was just like, it seems like square peg, like round hole kind of deal. It's an older dude who wants to coach a little slower paced and defensive oriented style with a team that has been killing it offensively in transition and super young. That's been their best part of their game yeah. is in transition over <laughs> right. the past couple of years. And then we get the news that LaMelo ball ankle sprain status uncertain for the season opener. The, the good thing is that the, the reports are framed in terms of season opener or maybe the game after that. So it doesn't seem pretty long here. So this is what I wanted to ask you, because I keep getting asked, right, in all the, the hits that I'm doing and everything, which is, hey, how do you, like, what do you think about all these teams that are at the bottom, right, the San Antonio Spurs, Utah Jazz, and whatever it is? And I think the, the way to approach the tankathon that we're going to see mm-hmm. for the Victor Wembanyamas and the Scoot Hendersons of the world is actually to look at teams like Charlotte. Mm-hmm. A team like Charlotte whose win total is like 37, 36 and a half, who, when you're looking at the grand scheme of the Eastern Conference, which is absolutely loaded, and you're still talking about, like, in the East, I mean, think about some of the teams that we're talking about that they're going to have to fight their way through here. So we know that they will call them, the, like, the locks, essentially, to be competing for a top six. Yep. Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Toronto, Atlanta, Cleveland, right? Brooklyn, that's eight teams already. And then we're, what else are we going to throw in there? Chicago, the Knicks, I think, are going to be a little bit better. The Pistons, like, all these teams... 
I don't know if you if you find yourself floating around 12th by the time you get to the All-Star break, if you're Charlotte, are they not a really good tank candidate sure, here? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, 100%. Um, 100%. If you have to look at that win total, it, and it might be one that I add before the season starts, uh, John, playing them under on the win total. I Yeah, I, abs- I absolutely. I mean, look, this, even if you just check it, the, check out their, their depth, you know, the roster and depth chart, this team has gotten worse, you know, over a year. You talk about the coaching change that they made. You talk about Lamella Ball coming in with an injury. I, I don't. If they're not they're not deep, right? It's not like there's a ton of young talent that I really trust coming off that bench. I think there's a lot of holes in this team. Um, I do have one bet related to this team, and I, it was taking a number on LaMelo Ball, the uh, most improved player. I know we're going to get to awards in a mm-hmm. minute, so sorry if I just killed that a bit. Um, but the he, but mainly because he fits the perfect mold of what most improved player always goes to with kind of where he's cut, what numbers he's put, posted in his career. So, uh, I mean, look, maybe I can still win that, uh, win that bet and this team still does poorly, but I, I just don't, I mean, you've got an aging Gordon Hayward. I mean, scary Terry can be great, you know, night to night. Aging Gordon Hayward, by the way, with one of the worst haircuts we've ever seen. Did you see the haircut? I saw the haircut. Yeah, I said I said fade the non-fade. Yeah, because he just went straight straight shaved head into the, like, the clump up top. Yeah. yeah, it was it was ugly, really ugly. Um, so yes, I'm with you. I think that these are the teams that you need to think about when you and everybody's talking about the tanking for women Yama. It's the okay. Are they coming in? Is it a team coming in with maybe an injured, uh, you know, star player or big time player for the team coming in with an injury? Or they start off slow and then get an injury to one of those players, and it's you know end of December or something like that, and you know or beginning of January, and they think to themselves, okay, look, we ain't going anywhere this year. Then fine, let's protect our younger stars like a Lamelo, right? Let's make sure he doesn't get hurt or anything like that. And yes, tank it, yep. tank it. Go get a once in a lifetime kind of player in Victor Wembanyama. Uh, John, I don't know if you went over to go see him at all. I, I mean, this is. Were you there? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I went to the game. I would. I, I wish I could have gone to the second one, but I had a show to do during that time. I, I mean, this kid's the unicorn of all unicorns, and I, 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 I think I don't think anybody on this planet has been overhyping him. I mean, this right. is this is this is a a Giannis type guy who is far more developed at this age than when Giannis Antetokounmpo was. Would you like to see him put on some weight and muscle and build into the type of player like Giannis is now that he can put his head down and kind of drive to the rim and he's going to make something happen no matter what? Yes, I think that's the next step in his evolution. Um, But, man, this guy, is he's he's a can't-miss. He's a can't-miss, and if you're any one of these teams that you have a chance to do it, I don't care if people – I don't care if the the PTIs of the world and stuff like that right. are just mocking what the NBA has turned into this year. You cannot be afraid of that criticism if you're a GM. Go into full tank mode. So, yes, I think they're a team that could do it. You sound a little higher on the Knicks, I guess, than I am. I, I'm high on them in the sense that they're going to compete for, like, one of the play-in spots. I mean, I think so, too, but yeah. I also think they're the perfect type of team, kind of the formula you laid out, right? Like, let's say a, if a Jalen Brunson gets a high ankle sprain or something, misses six weeks, and he's and then the team comes out flat or something like that. Same thing. I think they should pull the ripcord and you go into oh, that same kind of mode. I mean, I think they should. I think their front office and their head coach, that is something that is, am I using this right, antithetical to what they do or whatever? Because they just it, got their superstar, well, Jalen Brunson. They just in. got their superstar, and it's Tom Thibodeau who just wants to, like, roll these veterans out every single night, win as many games as he possibly can. Like, so can you dumb. imagine? Just so dumb. Like, can you imagine selling that message to your fan base two years ago 
you were in the playoffs. Yeah. This offseason, you just got your star in Jalen Brunson. And then come February, oh, yeah, by the way, we're going to go with a full youth movement. And we're going to try to tank here for a top pick. But, they're going to try to win as many games as they possibly can. But any intelligent basketball. Oh, no, they should. I agree. Yeah. Will they is the other question, though, and I don't think they will. Okay. I think they're super I, think, I mean, obviously, it's a different story for story yeah. sitting here talking about them landing Brunson and Donovan Mitchell, but they didn't. Yep. Right? Like, you, they didn't. And any intelligent basketball fan should know they're not winning, like, an NBA championship with the roster yeah. that they have. That's the best team in the Eastern Conference. All right, last two notes, headlines-wise. Uh, Gary Payton the second, out at least two more weeks. He's rehabbing from a core muscle injury. It's a big off-season acquisition for Portland, who's a really weird team. Like, I feel like I like what they have. I love that I feel, you put this in here. But I feel like I don't like what they have. Like, I, I'll tell you this. They're going to be high on the league pass like, yes. for me because yeah. I want to watch a lot of that because I just want to see what it's going to be. Uh, then Zion Williamson injures the ankle preseason game. I think it was against Miami. He's considered day-to-day. I don't think there's really too much with my, uh, Williamson there. You read between the lines. It sounds like everything's going to be fine. And I don't even think he's going to be in danger of missing their game uh, once the regular season starts on Tuesday. And they play on Wednesday, I think. So I'll, let's focus on let's focus on the Portland aspect of this because uh, you know New Orleans, they're an interesting team. But Portland's Portland's weird, man. Portland is, we're talking win total, like 38 and a half, somewhere in that range. They Obviously, Lillard is back, and they have pieces. I don't know about you. They have pieces that I really like. I yes. love Nasir Little. Nasir yes. Little is awesome. Me too. He's going to be a really good wing for them and a, a solid defensive piece, can get up and down the floor. Like he's got some really intriguing aspects to his game. I uh, love Nurkic. Uh, I love right. Grant. Right. Like I, I, I don't like Jeremy Grant. I, like Not as a person, as a player. Uh, <laughs> but I will say this, and I actually wrote about this. I don't like Jeremy Grant what he became when he went to Detroit. Which was a yes. high, which was a high yes. volume, low efficiency scorer. If he's Jeremy Grant, who was the role player in Denver, then I'm totally back in well, on that, Jeremy Grant. I mean, what he could do? I, I don't, I don't want to say that's what he's going to be, but yeah. I, I assume that's assume, the role right. he's going to take a little bit more. Yes. So like everything it, they have, the bench, like if you're looking at it from the standpoint of what they have overall, like there's some intriguing depth here too. When you have like a Justice Winslow type or the former Pelican, oh Josh Hart, there we go. I was going to say yep. the former guard that I can't remember yet, Josh Hart. Uh, and then I will. T- I keep making this joke, Kelly. At summer league, I will remember one shot my entire life throughout the entire summer league. My memory of going down there this last summer. It is Shaden Sharp getting the ball from in the corner, dribbling baseline, stopping and spinning away, and hitting a just perfect fadeaway jump shot from the baseline. Whew. And then getting hurt two minutes later. Yeah. Like I, I wonder what Shaden Sharp is going to be. Yeah. There's a lot of things I like. But if you were to tell me they're not even a play-in team, I would totally believe it. So here's the problem is they are – they are. I think it's a little bit – my feelings on them I think are a little bit like your feelings on the Knicks. Like it's it's Damian Lillard is back again. Yeah. Like you have to – you are going to – you are going to do everything that you can to win with this team. But the problem is just like the Knicks that there's enough teams in their way that's going to – I mean they're not going to be better – What's the hot, what's the best seed you could possibly see for the Portland Trailblazers? Like it's going to be like nine. Okay, I think they could finish even better than that. Oh, I don't think. so. I think they could even finish better than that. I got a lot of respect for I think for some of the pieces on that team, and also uh, not much respect for some of the teams that we've talked about, like the Lakers. I think I, I, I think again, the Grizzlies so take like a step this, back. I know it's a simplistic exercise, yeah. but again, so Phoenix, Memphis, Golden State, Dallas. Denver, Minnesota, New Orleans, those are eight teams right there. Who are you knocking out from those eight that Portland would surpass? Possibly the Mavericks. I, I, I think that is maybe the lowest of those teams, but I still don't even see that. I think that is the most likely potentially. And then let's not forget, the Lakers are a little bit better, right? 
I, I, th- I think I think possibly the Mavericks, and I th- I th- I think possibly I think possibly I don't even know if you include the Lakers, but possibly the I Lakers. Just, I just included them right now. Yeah, the Lakers. Okay. I think so possibly the Lakers. The Lakers are a ninth, but that's I'm just talking about the first like, eight, right? Or this first seven. Then you get to eight, nine. Like there's so many. I just seeing them finish in the top eight, and again the play in is six through ten. We get that. I just I think there's too many teams. There's just. There's not enough room at the table. The, the West, the West is weird, man, for me this year it's, because it's, it's so deep. Because I'm high on the Pelicans. Yeah, I'm high on the Kings. Yeah, a lot of people are. That was one of the big offseason movers. The 32 and a half to 34 and a half the win total. I'm high on the Kings, and then and then we're sitting here talking, and you're right. You're like I almost can't be high on the Blazers because there's just not enough room. Well, I just mean high in the sense of like, can they finish? Like, I don't think they're going to be sniffing a top six seed. They're going to be playing. Yeah, and, and like in that range, I just I think there's just too many mouths to feed. Essentially, for a team like Portland with some good pieces, but also clear flaws, yeah, that they're going to be able to get there. I, I just think there's such an easy path though to like the Grizzlies and Mavericks tumbling. Yeah, right. Like they deal with an injury to what those stars or something like that, and those teams tumble. They are they are on thin ice. I think I think a lot of people believe that Memphis is deep, and I th- I think if you really dive into it, they're not. They're not as deep as you think they are. Yeah, no, they're not. Especially when you. Like, I mean, not compared to last year. Are they are right. they deeper than some other teams they, out there? Sure. They lost two guys who averaged over twenty three minutes per game, and the other guy, Jaron Jackson Jr., is not going to be there this year. You're right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. That's another thing for we'll talk about some futures. All right. So headlines aside, let's get into the the topic of the day, which is the awards markets. Mm-hmm. Want to go over some of the better uh, better candidates for this? Any dark horse? you think that might emerge uh, we'll start at the top of course the biggest award which is most valuable player so i included these are my top four candidates i would call them i do have a couple of bets okay uh, but these are my top four candidates i would say for the award in no particular order you tell me if i'm wrong jason tatum joel Embiid, and then if you want to include some dark horses trey young and carl anthony towns but i don't think there's any question that jason tatum and joel Embiid, with joel Embiid, i think actually should be the favorite as the top two candidates to win most valuable player this year um, okay. Uh, I mean, I can't argue with either one of those. Cause I think they're, but I think Embiid and Tatum are going to be right up there. I do think, I think Giannis, I would put ahead of Embiid just because I'm sorry. I'm, I'm that guy at this point that Giannis, I, you could give it to him every single year. And I think he deserves it. I yeah. think that the, uh, the differences between the differences between him, Jokic and Embiid, it is it, it, it maybe it's a it's a non-tangible thing. I can't point to stats to it, right? But it's the kind of that end of the game or one game scenario, right? Like if you needed one guy in this league to go out there and try to win you a game, for me, it's still Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, and what he does on the defensive side of the ball as well, I, I think he deserves to be above and beat. I understand why Dodges is. But I'm with you. He would probably be further down for me. So oh, Doncic is clear if because he's on top of the odds board. He's clearly just a liability thing. Yes. If we're yes. actually projecting the most probable MVPs, he should not be at the top of the list. Yeah, he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be. I, I, I you know, honestly, I feel that way a little bit about Durant and Steph too, right? Like I don't think their chances of winning that. Like I think Jason Tatum has a much better chance of winning that than a Steph Curry. Yeah. Uh, this year, so. Um, yeah, that that that's that's what I guess I would say the top of the board looks like for me. As far as bets, there's only one bet I've made, and that that's on Trey Young. And it was a little bit after talking to you the other day, where like I already had some Atlanta futures in. I'm high on Atlanta, but then I was like, okay, well, like if you're high on them, let's go hit. You know, it's kind of sprinkle the board, right? Like yeah. went, went and hit the division, went and hit went and hit Trey Young forty two to one uh, over at Boyd here in town uh, was hanging last night. 
I think that's a guy who, you know, with the addition of DeJounte Murray and what they can do with those two guards in the backcourt, with him not having to be as ball dominant, with him not having to figure out some of these, you know, rule changes and how they're going to officiate things uh, with him trying to pick up fouls and stuff and him playing off the ball a little bit more. And I just, I think there's so much, there's so much room for him to have a huge season and therefore the Hawks have a big season. Yeah, I would completely agree. Some preseason possessions, he was doing like the hangout in the corner deal, which you don't want to see. But I think it's more preseason than anything else. I don't think you want to show your hand quite a bit when it comes to that. I agree with everything. And if you look at some of the numbers, they're skewed because they're not a large sample size. Like, he only averaged one catch-and-shoot three-point attempt per game last year. He shot well over 40% on those attempts, though. So he's a solid catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. Uh, off of cuts, he was awesome as well. Like, he, like, there's aspects of his game that can be really good. And with a passer like Murray, like, I think they're going to fit perfectly together. You and I are kind of along the same lines. And that's for me. So that's one of my dark horses. Carl Anthony Towns. If you're talking about the circuit number at 75 to one, that's one of the bets that I made. I don't know if you saw my note in there. Yeah. I was like, I, I like, I love that bet. If you got the number that you got right. 75 to one, I think it's a great bet. Right. On I haven't them. checked. I haven't checked for like a day or two. I think it's still up there too. I think so someone like, said yesterday yeah. when you were talking so about it. I, still I would definitely go and, and look at Carl Anthony Towns. Cause again, that just correlates to something I think about Minnesota, but Minnesota is going to be a good regular season team. And right. if Minnesota is going to be a good regular season team, Carl Anthony Towns is going to have a great regular season. At the very least, you're getting a ticket on a guy at 75 to 1 that's going to get well up to like 10 to 1 or something like that as the regular season goes along, if it plays out as we expect. And, and look, we saw him doing a little bit more of that last year, kind of spreading out the floor and stuff. But mm-hmm. like now that you truly have Rudy, like a, a true center, oh, yeah. not, not a true center, like the best, one of the best centers. A walking top 10 defense. Yeah, and, yep, everything walk, in between. Like, yep. But you can do whatever you want with him on offense, right? It, it's, you know, Cat, we're going to design things for you a little bit of everywhere, right? And, and, I, and Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, pick and roll. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, you could do stuff like yeah. that. And I, like, I just, yes, I think the potential for that team, um, in 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 him in awards in the MVP award market. Yeah, I think that's a good bet, especially at that number. It, you know, we you and I talked about this a little bit the other day. I think the biggest key to almost any offseason future bets I I make is fa- is finding longer numbers and finding ones that are off market. Yep. Right, because otherwise. Otherwise, I'm that guy that's gonna tell. That's gonna usually say, "Hey, I like the bet, but I think you should wait till in season at at some point because we know the ebbs and flows that had happened in the NBA season. At some point, you're probably gonna be able to find a better number on this guy. So, I hey, look at a 75 to one number. I think that's a great bet, and it's really the reason why I've, I the only reason why I bet Trey Young too, just because that longer number on him. I think it's worth sprinkling some money on. Yep, and we should note too because I brought up Tatum just to give you an idea. His last 40 games last season. 28.2.7.7 rebounds, 4.9 assists, 48.6% shooting from the floor. He was great yep. the last 40 games. So if they're going to be, again, contending for a top seed in the Eastern Conference and he's going to put up some similar numbers, it's simple, best player, best team, and he's going to be up there in that contention. So I, I think initially, though, as like if we're making a pick, like I'm going to tell you now, who's your MVP? Who's your MVP? Who would you be your preseason prediction? Giannis. I'm going to go with Joel Embiid. Because here's the important factor with Embiid, too. He's got the narrative. If you ask anybody oh, over the totally. last two years, who's the guy who got shafted in the MVP each yeah. of the last two seasons? Yeah. It's Joel Embiid. And if they're going to be as good as I think they are, then he's going to be up there and he's probably going to get the sympathy vote, which is ultimately going to hand it. It's like Monty Williams last year, right? right. Monty Williams yes. should have won coach of the year over Thibodeau. Yep. But he did not. So the next well, year. Like two years ago. Yeah, yeah two, two years ago. So the, ne- the, la- the next year, which was last year, similar season, boom, he wins yeah, it. So most obvious thing ever. Yep. Yep. All right. Rookie of the year is a little harder. You can go a little bit deeper. My top candidates, uh, Benedict Mathur for Indiana, has had a great preseason. A lot of people are super high on him. Yep. 
and I think he's going to be at the top of the list. I think you get a little chalkier with rookie of the year. It's hard to go a little bit deeper. Jaden Ivey is going to be really interesting for Detroit because he looks like he's got a lot of minutes coming to him, and Detroit's going to be a team that I think is on the rise. Uh, I threw in a dark horse for you. I got some pro Atlanta stuff going on. A.J. Griffin, (laughs) who was a little dinged up in training camp, only made it into one preseason game, but in that preseason game, shot the ball extremely well. He's a good knockdown shooter coming out of Duke. It's exactly what they need because their bench gets a little thin after like seven Atlanta, because I think one of their weaknesses, that might be interesting, especially that floor, if he's on there with Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, that kid's going to have a lot of open looks, and he's going to be able to shoot a lot of freaking threes, and Atlanta's going to want him to do it. And then Tari Eason out of Houston, that's just Mitch Moss texted me one day, and he goes, he goes, hey, somebody told me to bet Tari Eason at 80-1 to one to win Rookie of the Year, and I was like, I loved Eason in the summer league, sure. And, like, <laughs> and he, he's actually he's averaging a double-double in the preseason. He's been great. But if we're talking about realistic candidates, because that was 80-1. to one, Also, I can't wait to watch that team. Houston, yeah, oh, they're gonna be out. They're gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, yep. yeah. I mean, uh, like the end of that. The end, oh, I made so much money at the end of last last regular right. season just betting point props on Porter and Jalen Green. Or just betting them out right. Like they oh. were in some really good spots where they were just scoring. Jalen Green was incredible. As was Kevin I, I would I would just bet alt or index props. You know, like for yep. them to score twenty five plus thirty plus or whatever yep. at huge plus numbers. One of them hit every single night. But I, th- I think for me, if I'm selecting something here, it would be Benedict the Third. He's got a lot of narrative behind him. He was great in the summer league. The transition seems pretty nice for him and. The important factor here, Kelly, is at one point, it does seem Indiana is going to turn their roster over to the young guys. It's going to be Tyrese Halliburton. It's going to be Mathurin. It's going to be Chris Duarte, and they're going to see what they have. I think that's going to help them out. Yeah, I guess for me with this one, it's – you're right. It's it, you got to look at some of the sh- the shorter shots. I I think Jaden Ivey is definitely a guy I considered. This is this is one I have not placed a single bet in. I have no interest in placing a single bet in. But I think Jaden Ivey is good. look. Ben Carroll, we didn't even you didn't even mention him. Is, is he the one it, like plus one ninety? Is he the rightful spots? favorite? Yes. yes, he's the rightful favorite. Do I think he's the most likely to win this award? Yes, I think he's the most likely to win this award. But yes, two to one or shorter than that. There's I mean there's no betting value whatsoever. I kind of think that about the next guy but Keegan Murray to me is way up there as far as what he in production of what we're going to see from him this year I think he could have a big year actually on a decent team on the Kings team um, I love him I don't but I'm not going to bet that at plus 450 and then my the only other guy I wrote down is Jaden Ivey I, I do, yes I think Jaden Ivey in this Pistons teams could be exciting but I I just have no interest in betting those guys under, under, you know, in single digits, under 10 to 1, right? I don't want to go too long, but I am going to open this door really quickly because it is a good conversation to have because I like to talk to people who uh, have different opinions than me. It's not anything I have bet, so I'm, it's not a strong opinion, but can I just say, I don't get it with Sacramento. I think they're going to be so bad on defense, and I'm not sure. Oh, like, like yeah. as a team. Like, because a lot of people, like, I get maybe betting them over 32 and a half. <laughs> yeah. But there's, like, a lot of folks who think, like, like playoff team, and they're pushing for it. Like, that's yeah. their message as yeah. well. But I feel like, like, I look at them defensively. You know, teams win. I mean, you're absolutely right. You don't need to tell me. Like, yeah. I'm high on them, but I'm well aware of yeah. that. Like, okay. this is the team that is, like, they should have some of the highest totals posted all year. Like, oh, yeah. they, they are not going to be a good defensive team. I Like I said before, I like them because I think they're going to be flirting with that playoff spot. I kind of, I like them over their win total. Just because simply, I think they've got, I mean, you look at that starting lineup offensively. I mean, it is a damn good offense, uh, you know, offensive lineup uh, in that starting lineup. Bring Malik Monk off the bench, Davian Mitchell off the bench. Rashawn Holmes off the bench. Rashawn Holmes off the bench. Like, 
it's a it's a very interesting team. But yes, you are right. What is the one obvious thing that is lacking? It is defense defense on that on that squad. I'm, uh, they, they are going to be exciting. I cannot wait to see what they're going to be. But, yeah, I had their projected starting lineup, which looks like it's going to be incredible. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, and DeMontis Sabonis. So, it's going to be pretty damn good. I, mean, like, I just, like, even, even – Even if you throw Monk in there, it's going to be pretty good. I, I mean, you saw what Monk did with the Lakers last year. We see if Kevin – we've seen Herter hit those huge three – I mean, huge threes for Atlanta the past couple years. Uh, I mean, Harrison Barnes still seems to be the guy they lean on sometimes when yes. they get when they, they kind of get into droughts. Add a rook and Keegan Murray in, Murray in the lineup. And then, I mean, Demontis Sabonis, I want to see what – if De'Aaron Fox and Demontis Sabonis have been working on pick and roll, pick and pop, pick and everything combinations yeah. between the two of them all off. Offseason, they're missing out because I think they could be one of the most dangerous duos in the league. All right, six man of the year. This tends to be pretty chalky. Uh, Tyler Hero was the favorite coming into last year. He averaged 20 points. He, at one point in season, he reached like minus 1,300. Yeah. They took it off the board. He won the thing going away. Averaged 20 points per game. By the way, at some spots, he's still the third choice. He's a starting guard now. I know. I, just, so, like, <laughs> I caught that earlier today when we were prepping for yeah. this. So for those out there who listen Don't to the podcast. Don't bet Tyler Hero. He's yeah. not coming off the bench anymore. Now, maybe as the season progresses, he goes back there because yeah, their changed. bench doesn't look great. But regardless, right now, he's slated to be a starter. Uh, and every single bit of media coming out of there is he deserves to do it. And I don't think they're going to move him anytime soon. <laughs> so six man of the year does tend to get chalky. And I will say, I do have a bet on one candidate who you and I share in terms of uh, we put him on our list here. But I do find it hard to look past Jordan Poole, given, again, it's a similar storyline with what we just talked about with MVP. There are a lot of people last year who thought that Jordan Poole should have been a much higher contender for sixth man of the year and for most improved player. He's going to have that going for him this year. And if he even averages like 17-ish points per game, which is really the only metric you need as a sixth man of the year candidate, he's going to be up there to win this. And if he just has a regular season, it seems, it's hard to look past Jordan Poole. Okay, complete, completely agree with you. I think the only thing that we we all need to be aware of, and this is, I don't, I don't think this is overstating the matter. Is look, there is, are there issues with Golden State right now? Yes, there are. Um, does this possibly unravel more? Yeah, I think it does. I don't really know where that puts people, and I don't really think that means you know people are getting traded or anything, but. Yeah, you just never know. I, I think that is a. I think it's a bizarre situation going on right now. I think the weirdest, I think the weirdest part of it is like I, I don't know if you read some of that stuff from Durant and Irving the other day, but like Durant, Durant talking about how like oh I know these guys like like uh, you know nothing like this ever happened, so it's a little shocking to me. But this team's going to be fine. They're going to pull it all together. And then Kyrie is he Irving, talking about the Warriors? Yeah, talking okay. about the Warriors. Okay. And Kyrie Irving basically asked this answer, asked the same question. and goes, it goes. Oh, I see stuff like that all the time. Yeah, and it's like, wait, know. what? Like, wait, 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 who's talking here? Who's actually, you know, who's actually being truthful? So I look, is he the deserving favorite? Yes, he is. There is a can't miss bet in this market, though, to me. And, or I think not I, I'm pretty bet. sure I made it. But last a, bet, night. I, a bet I will be making after this show because I haven't made it yet because this is really a market I haven't dove into that much. And, and JVT, this is right up your alley. Norman Powell. We don't think is going to be one of the top contenders for this award. We're talking about a guy who's going to come off the bench for the Clippers and be immediate offense, just like he has been his entire career. I, I love that play at eleven to one. You get no in double digits with him. I think it's a great uh, play for six man of the year. Kelly, yeah, bet him at BetMGM last night at thirty to one. 
Bingo. <laughs> I completely now, agree. Let me just note yeah. MGM right now. <laughs> Bet MGM at 30 to 1. Because there's uh, another name you wrote down, Bones Highland. I, lo- I love him too. He's the I, only I other guy. He's going to be consider. a really dynamic scorer. I he think. will be. And yes. he's, he, like, I don't know as a second year guy how much hype he'll actually get. But I like I actually like his game a lot. Me too. He's gonna be he's got like Jamal Crawford, Lou Williams yes. type vibes to him. His body type's kinda like Lou Williams too and Jamal Crawford. Like, I, I mean those those are the only two I think I would I would even consider betting. Maybe let me throw out one real uh, real quick to you, because his name just I just caught my eye. If we're this okay, actually two. If we're this high on the the Hawks, should we be considering Bogdanovich and then the other one, Kevin Love? Yeah, who almost won it last year, who actually yes. John Hollinger voted him as yes. his first man. So I will say this. First off, Kevin Love, he he doesn't pass the age test for me. He's a little too old. I think so. Are too. you going to be able to replicate that again? Because that's a little bit of a problem for me. And when it came to Bogdanovich, I, he was on my long list, but his health has been an issue for him the last couple of seasons. Yes, and if that's going to be something, again, where he's going to miss a lot of games – I think that's that's something that turned me off of him. I think he's a viable candidate. I completely agree with you because again, the Hawks kind of like seven and a half ish deep, and he's going to be really important for them if they're going to win a lot of regular season yep. games and compete like I think they are. Uh, but the health turned me off with Bogdanovich. Can I tell you by the way? So again, I bet Norm Powell thirty to one. I think it's a great move. That I might agree that you. might be one of my favorite bets yeah. that I'm going to head into the season with. My my so I was sniffing around. I was like, what kind of long shot can you dig up here? And I put him in the list. Cam Thomas for Brooklyn. By all accounts, Kevin Durant loves this yes, kid. Yeah. Loves him. Same with Kyrie Irving. And he is, this is generally a negative, but I'll use the term anyway. He's a chucker. He's going to go out there and he's going to get his. He's going to shoot. If you remember the Summer League interview, it was awesome. I was actually up in the stands and I didn't realize it happened. So I watched the clip afterwards. He's asked by uh, the sideline reporter after one of the games, oh, you know, uh, St- uh, Steve Nash, I know, has made it a point to make, it, to make you a little bit more of a facilitator of the offseason. He completely rolled his eyes and he goes, yeah, that's something. And like, <laughs> like just literally just shut it down. He's going to have such a big role for this team, I think. And when you're talking about just a scorer, again, that's all you really need is six minutes yes, a year. Scoring. There is some potential there for Cam. You can get him at like 200 to one. Just throwing that out there. He's a dark horse. I know some people like those things, but I like Cam Thomas is going to be a really interesting name, I think, to look out for for six man of the, the year. The, like this market is so much more fascinating to me than, yeah. you know, rookie of the year or a lot of the other ones. Defense, yeah. And like, so moving on, it's like defensive player of the year. Yep. It's a pretty short pool, I think, that you're talking about here for candidates. Like, I defense can't. is kind of hard to measure. And let's be honest, some voters are stupid. Yep. So they kind of just go like last year. I will say this, Kelly. So, and this is not coming from somebody who had the, the you know, Jaron Jackson, 350 to one ticket and all that kind of stuff. And I know it's big on that campaign. Obviously, if you look at the way the votes broke down, what happened last year was Robert Williams was going to win. He got hurt. The market freaked out or the, all the voters freaked out because they have no idea what to vote for. And they were like, got to give it to a Celtic. And they gave it to Marcus smart because there was that push publicly by smart and everybody else. Yeah. It was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Cause here's the thing. It was terrible. If you want to tell me that games missed was an issue, bam at a bio got like 10 first place votes. He missed fewer games or he missed more games, more games than Robert Williams. did. Yeah. So like, that's the thing that irritates me about voting in general and for defensive player of the year, it tends to get super simplistic. So I think we have all of the candidates on our list here. There's at the top of it, there is Bam Adebayo, who at one point was the favorite to win it last year. Rudy Gobert, who if they're going to be a top 10 defense again or a top five defense even, Gobert's going to get all the credit for that thing. Yep. Evan Mobley is moving up the odds board. I got him at 40 to 1 early in the offseason, right when they got Donovan Mitchell. Looked like they can potentially be a really good defensive team 
even with two really poor defenders at the point of attack and Mitchell and Garland. I think those are your top three options. Or did I say four? Yeah, no, yeah. Those three guys I think will be at the top of the list. And yes. we'll include Giannis because I think what's going to happen. Because he can be there every year. But, but I think what's going to happen, you alluded to it, he's going to be in contention for MVP. They're not going to want to give it to him. So they're going to vote so, for him to win yeah, the best player yeah, of the year. Yeah, that could absolutely. Actually, right? you, you might have just drawn the line to it. Uh, yeah. You know what? You're you're right. The smarter bet might because I bet you could find a way longer number. Like we're just we're, I'm just looking at DraftKings right now, but I bet you could find a way longer number on him for Defensive Player of the Year than than an, uh, than an MVP number. That might be the way to bet it, John. I'll tell you, man. This one's simple to me. If I had to make a bet, I'm not going to make a bet in this market. If I had to, though. It would be Rudy Gobert and nobody else because I, I think that not only do you have the narrative of him switching teams and people are going to be like, oh, he did it in, he did it in Utah. Now he's doing it in Minnesota. Right. This is incredible. But this is also longer numbers than the, what we've seen him at the past couple years. So I, I actually think it's a decent bet. I have no problem with anybody out there who wants to go grab him at four and a half to one or five to one. Yeah, and I think, too, to, to make the case really quickly for Bam Bio, because we should. He's like the second choice on the board. I think it's actually somewhat simplistic as well. P.J. Tucker's gone, one of their better defenders from last year. If they're still a top 10 team defensively, the guy who at one point was the favorite to win it last year and is still doing the things that he's doing, he's going to be up there to win that thing as well. Yeah. So I, I'm actually really interested to see how that plays out. And we'll throw out, of course, the long shot, which I think you agree with. The guy, Herb Jones, hashtag not on Love Herb. it. He is, I don't know if he's going to win it, but at 66 to one, given the narrative that he's going to have around him, there's, like I said, I made the joke the other day on the air, NBA media members want you to know that they watch basketball. So they want you to know that they watch Herb Jones <laughs> play defense. Yeah. Like that's one of the things that's going to be out there and it's going to help quite a bit. Yeah. I think the, I mean, look, I think the only downside downside to him, I, but, but the number reflects this, the number reflects this downside is look, it's hard to win this award these days as a wing defender. Or as a perimeter defender, right? I mean, we see Marcus Smart win it last year, but like you just said, we don't even really think that's what should have happened. They just wanted to give it to a Celtic. I, I think it's I think in this day and age, it's tough to win this award playing the position that he plays and guarding the guys he's going to guard. But look, I mean, you can't argue with what he did in his rookie year and ra- you know ends up rating out as the you know best wing defender in the NBA. Got all team, all he got all defense votes yeah, too. Like you can't, Not you can't rookie, argue with like that. all defense. Yeah, you yeah. can't argue with that. So look, I, I love that you get a long number on that one. I, I'm completely fine with that. Bet. All right, so we move from there. Two more awards markets to get to here. Uh, most improved player. Uh, this is a pretty fascinating one because I think most improved is more market you want to attack as the season goes along. Yeah. Because you can get some diamonds in the rough. Two years ago, the market didn't react to Julius uh, Randle in time. Yeah. Got him at 22 to 1 that year. Like You can see, like, when you look around, there's some value in this market as the season moves. Um, so I think there's a lot of candidates actually to look at from a preseason standpoint. I'm going to go with you first because I had Tyrese Maxey at 151 last year to win this award. Ugh. He should have won this award. Ugh. The rule that second-year guys can't win this award is dumb. It is extremely stupid. It is. Because, yes, you can expect improvement from year one to year two. But the leap that Tyrese Maxey made was insane from his rookie year to his second year. And that does give me cold feet for this year because he did make that leap what leap do you need him to make now this year? But he's at the forefront of a lot of people's thoughts after what he did last year. Exactly. He's at, he's at the forefront. And look, he's, we, we, talk about, we, we talk about this all the time with this award. There is such a built formula for this award. It is you're a known name. You had a good, a good year the year before. 
and you make that le- leap from really good player to star level player. You're in your third to fifth this year. Ex- exactly. Julius Randle is kind of the outlier. Right. But you're third to like fifth year. Exactly. And you make that big leap. So, like, look, you're talking – you go back and look what he did last year. And, and, and to me, again, John, this is another one where, look, if you are kind of – especially if you're more of a guard wing player, mm-hmm. it's it's just points, basically. Right. right? So, it's 17, 17 and a half points a game last year. Four four point three assists. This dude can improve on that. Like yeah. he can absolutely improve on that. And we really don't know how that backcourt's going to look between him and Harden and how they're going to handle things. But I, I mean, he if he scores twenty three points per game this year, that's all you need really for him to be right in the running. And like you said, that narrative coming in from last year and then being on one of one of one of the most watched teams in the league, most talked about teams in the league, it, it's only going to help him. I. The only thing I don't understand about this one, John, and maybe shop around, maybe these numbers still are out there. I bet him, but finally bet him like a week and a half ago and got 25 to 1 on him. And I'm staring at DraftKings right now, and he's the co-short shot at 11 to 1. Yeah. So I don't really know. I, I, I would be shocked that the books got swayed that much by the preseason, and especially since I couldn't even tell you what he did in the preseason. Yeah. You know, like, I don't even know how good of a preseason he had. But that was like a coach short, short shot with Anthony Edwards there. Uh, that, that's mind-blowing to me. But shop around. You could get – I think he is a – a great bet in this market. The only other bet I'll, I'll quickly mention that I made was LaMelo Ball made it at the same time that I made it Maxi's bet. Not looking as good when he gets the injury, but you, like you said, hopefully he doesn't miss a ton of time. Like I think it's, it's just another guy that fits that formula perfectly where if he ends up averaging 25 points per game or something like that, he is right in line to win this award too. Now, question is, like we talked about the team earlier, how good is really the team? And is yep. he is he maybe just the junk time player who's getting, you know, getting cheap points that nobody's gonna give any credit to? Yeah, that could happen. Yep. All right. So and I want to mention a couple of candidates for this. Um, first off, Tyrese Halliburton is gonna be freaking awesome for Indiana. They are, as I talked about earlier, they're gonna turn the keys over to him. He's gonna get the green light on everything, they're gonna run everything through him. He's already a really good player, and he's gonna get the share of shots that he never saw before in Sacramento. I'm really excited to watch. For some reason, I'm kind of excited to watch Indiana. They've got like a really intriguing young backcourt that I think is going to be a lot of fun to watch. But I think when you look at Tyrese Halliburton, his potential to win most improved just because he's going to rack up those numbers. Like I almost think this might be an extreme, but I think he he is in line for almost a DeJounte Murray-esque type ascension in that he's a guard who can score, Score, rebound, rebound. assist, put up a lot of those numbers. It might not be overly efficient, but he's going to be that dude who puts up a lot of those numbers. So my only pushback on that, isn't he the same in the same situation that Tyrese Maxey was last year? You know what I mean? mean, Kind of, like I think... You're that second-year guy, right? And, and, and I mean, it's it's that mold, right? Are yeah. they going to give any any credit to a second-year play, second-year player on a bad team? Well, Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, I, I think I think he's I think he's in a better spot than he would be last year. And by the way, this is his third year. This is his second year. Third year? Yeah, it's his third, third year for him. Yeah, it's his third year. Man, flying by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You oh be, yeah, because they, be there for a second. Yeah, they had yeah, Davion yeah. Mitchell last year in their rookie yeah. class. That's so, right. No, yeah, so yeah, Halliburton's good to go. I, I, yeah, I, I'm right. really curious. So here's another one that I think is really interesting. Patrick Williams for Chicago. I think they're going to stink, but Patrick Williams, double-double type of guy. They really like him a lot. Might be part of the starting lineup for them. I'm He's a longer shot, but I'm interested in looking at him from that regard. That, uh, that's all I was going to say. I kept scrolling down to find his name. Yeah. At 50 to 1 or longer than that? Sure, I'll, I'll sign off on yeah. that one. I'll, I'm not betting it, but I'll sign off on that one. Absolutely. All right, last award market. Coach of the year. 
this is everywhere. I so you want to know my simple? You you put it here too. I think you have the same thinking. With I'm Steve. so boring. Steve yeah, Nash, though, right? Like it's it, it, to me, it's Steve Nash or Joe Mazzulla. It's the boring and, narrative of a great team. And for Nash, it's the bare minimum. If he may, if he just gets this team to the finish line, yeah, and they win 47 to 50 games, do you know how much narrative is going to be like Steve Nash? Held it together. Kept them all he, together. They, they wanted him fired. <laughs> and here he is. Now he's kept it through. And they're the four seed in the Eastern Conference. What a coaching job. Ben Simmons, back from a year off, looks exactly like the guy that he was prior. Come on. Like, it's going to oh, be yeah, one yeah. of the dumbest things in the world. It but will it, be. It, you know what I liken it to? It's not this simple. But there was that conversation. Remember when Alex Smith came back from that terrible leg injury? Yeah. I remember talking about this, I think it was with Lombardi that year, and I made the case. I go, if he takes one snap this year, comeback player, come of, the back year. player of the year. One snap. Yep. And it's kind of, it's obviously not that tragic oh, year. Gil was obsessed with that too. Right. Yeah, he just, take one snap. He wins. Drag yeah. him to the finish line, and he's going to be fine. And, and like, he'll be up there for coach of the year. I, I am absolutely with you. Again, that's another one I haven't bet yet, but I'm going to shop around. If I can find a number any bigger than 14 to 1. And my last candidate. I think count me in. My last candidate. I, I know I threw like Chris Finch in there. He's going to be up there. They're going to win a lot of regular season games, but I do think the most viable preseason bet to potentially make the the respect that Ty Lue has now gotten as head coach yes. of the Los Angeles Clippers with what he's been able to do. He's so respected from an in-game adjustment standpoint, getting the most out of that team, all those ridiculous comebacks they made last year because they just never quit. If this team's going to be a top three seed in the West. He's going to be he, – yeah. he could run away with Coach of the Year. If, if the big two finally stay healthy through yep. a whole season and, yes, they finish in that kind of range, I'm with you. He's absolutely in consideration. And, yeah, yeah I, think that's a, I think that's a good bet. All right, so I'm going to go – over the last couple of episodes, I've gone through some of my futures bets. Let's wrap it up with this. Uh, Kelly, again, is going to be with us on the later episodes during the week throughout the regular season. Uh, your preseason futures that you have made up to this point yeah, as we so, head into the regular season. Yeah, so the ones that I have made so far, although I guess maybe a couple more pending after uh, after this episode. Norm Powell, thirty to one, baby. Yeah, I'm definitely betting that. Isn't so that yeah, crazy let's how let's, yeah, that is? let's start right there. Norman Powell, <laughs> thirty to one, sixth man of the year. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll start right there. Um, and then I haven't made many. I, I we talked about this a little bit the other day, John, but I, I am gonna. It's one of those, it's not that futures have been bad for me. It's just I don't want to tie up too much of my NBA bankroll in futures bets when it's always game after game betting that has been the most profitable for me. So I really the past couple years it has been it has been dialing down everything a little bit. And some of it it's not even not even just number of bets, just how much you're betting on futures too. Um so the ones that I do have that I do have bets on Pelicans over 45 and a half wins. I am high on that team. Uh so did bet that win total. Um and then look, I made the these bets I made um, right before, as the trades were happening with the Hawks and the Cavs, Hawks to win the finals sixty to one. Hawks to win the Eastern Conference at thirty to one. Uh, again, jumped on those numbers right before Dejounte Murray got there. Although I don't think they're right that far off from, from that right now. Um, and then Cavs, uh, Cavs to uh, yes to make the playoffs minus one thirty five. Uh, is one of the other team ones that I made. Those are all the team bets that I have made. There are some of those on a numbers game this morning, and it's over on the VEASAN Twitter page if you want to check it out. I really broke down the alternate win totals that DraftKings has posted because I think there's a lot of value there. There on some of them. Just gonna just circle some of the ones I think out there right now if you if you can still bet or offer some value. I like the the Bulls all under 37.5 wins plus 250. Kings all over 36.5, 2-1. Timberwolves kind of, this is kind of, I love it. 
kind of the one that I took away from you a little bit too, where it's all all over 51 and a half wins at plus 240. If the Timberwolves are either going to be like, they're either going to exceed even our expectations or they're going to fall well short. 51 is the one total that I made for them. So like, if you're getting like over plus 240 by my measure, that's pretty damn good. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, Yeah. pretty damn good. So I like those in the all win total markets. You guys should check those out. And then as far as uh, player awards, Trey Trey Young to win MVP 42 to 1, Maxi to win most improved uh, 25 to 1, LaMelo Ball to win most improved 27 to 1. Again, we'll be adding Norman Powell Thanks to my friend JVT for the 30 to 1 tip over at MGM. I will be adding that as soon as the show gets done. All right. Is that all? You got all? That's all I got. Okay. Yeah, that's um, all I got, man. I didn't want to cut you. No, I didn't want to cut you off and make sure. All right. To recap, so I know I've thrown these out throughout the entire the last couple of episodes. So I want to put them all in a nice little uh, nice neat little basket for everybody. Win totals. Grizzlies under 51. Heat under 49 and a half. Mavericks under 49. Timberwolves over 48 and a half and Pistons over 26 and a half. The circle hung up the, the Grizzlies and Pistons one circular, a little extreme in the market. So I, those are two. Uh, they, they seem a little off market because they are. Uh, I think though the Grizzlies, I'm double checking here. But I, I'm on board with you. I mean, like Gri- yeah, double check. The, I'm wow. On, I, am, I did not check this What from just a couple of days ago. So I bet the Grizzlies under 51. Um, they moved it to 50 and a half. I checked that like a day and a half ago when I went on with you guys. Uh, there was 50 and a half. It's down to 49 over at Circa. Wow. So it's been moving quite a bit. Well, I love your 51. Yeah. I love your heat under. I, yeah. I love the heat. Because, look, those are two of the teams I do expect to take. I don't – John, I don't even know if I expect them to take a small step back. Yeah. Like, it might be pretty big. I, You know – I, if the Heat or Haywood Highsmith is going to be an All Star, if the Heat do the stupid like you know PJ Tucker Jay Crowder switch, yeah, like okay, yeah, I don't know, maybe they're kind of the same sort of team, but like I, I, I think that loss hurts them. Um, Mavericks, I, I don't, I don't hate your underplay there. Obviously, Timberwolves, I agree with. Um, and look, the Pistons. I, I'm not going to say I disagree with it. I'm just too scared to bet any of these teams over with the shorter win totals because of the po- yeah. potential for women. Well, and for, for me, it was actually more about grabbing the market because I was like, I made that one just over 30. It's up to 29 and 30 right now. There so like, that was Good more number. of a number grab because I figured that was going to read. You that can way. hit the CLV store at yep. the end of the year. Yeah, right. When it doesn't cash. <laughs> uh, all, I mean, actually, I got into good numbers on a couple of these, but I'm sure I, I'll go get my closing line value trophy and hang it up. Uh, awards. Herb Jones, uh, Defensive Player of the Year, 66 to 1. Carl Anthony Towns. MVP 75 to 1. Evan Mobley, Defensive Player of the Year at 40 to 1. Tar East and Rookie of the Year. I love that one. 80 to 1. And then Norm Powell, Sixth Man of the Year, 30 to 1. And uh, I called it the miscellaneous Hawks to win the division at plus 175 over the uh, essentially over the Miami Heat. They're like a dollar ninety favorite. The Heat are. I, I, that's that wild. It's that's really insane. high. Since, again, that was another one I had. I had those Hawks futures before. We talked to you the other day on the show, and you I saw that number you had, and I'm like, why the heck do I have these other Hawks futures, but I'm not playing that? Yep. I'm down on the heat, and I'm high on the Hawks. All right. Well, that does it for this episode of Harvard Handicappers. Again, Kelly's going to be here on the later episodes uh, throughout the regular season, and we'll grow from there. I want to emphasize again, if you've reached it this far, bc.com slash subscribe. Check out the NBA betting guide. Uh, as John Goulet has said, it is the greatest thing he's ever read. I don't know if he said that, but I'm going to put words in his mouth. Uh, <laughs> so make sure you check it out. I think I heard him say that right. too, yeah. Uh, he said, he's like, I read the Bible the other day. This thing's great. Uh, <laughs> check that out. Vison.com slash subscribe only for pro subscribers. And we'll see you on Tuesday for our next episode, the tip-off of the NBA regular season.